You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. A pinnacle of engineering. Kia EV6 GT. The most powerful Kia ever crafted. Right across South Australia, this is Sports Day. Welcome to the summer edition of Sports ASA on Cruise 1323 and 1629 SEN. You'll hear Sports Day every weeknight, 6pm, right now. And uh, with me, Paul Bonza, and also Dan Menzel, the former Geelong champion, the former Sydney legend, and the Eagles Ken Farmer medalist, premiership player. Anything else I can oh, call there's, you? There's enough there, Bond. It's great to be here with you on this Tuesday afternoon. We've got a little sample flavour to the show tonight, which I'm really looking forward to jumping It is to. Sample Tuesday, and we're going to speak to Sean Tui, uh, the Head of Football Operations there. The sample draw was released today, so we'll go through that. Uh, Harry Boyd from the Nord Footy Club is going to join us, the Jeez. big ruckman. He had an incredible year last year going into the final series, and then he topped it off with a premiership and a Jack Odie medal for best on ground in the grand final. The cricketers got doled up last night. It was the Cricket Australia Awards. We'll go through those as well. Uh, your Philadelphia Eagles are off to the Super Bowl. We'll talk some NFL. Oh, we're rolling. We are rolling. And uh, the confidence, I didn't pick him to win, Bonds, but the confidence is there. And I can't wait to get into that. Uh, and uh, one of our favourite segments as well, True or False, coming up. Um, we are just here looking after the show for David Wildey and Malcolm Blight, who will be here just before the start of footy season and taking you through the whole winter David Woody, Malcolm Blight, uh, two of the best sporting heads in the business. And you can be part of the show as well, 0427 154 That's the text line. Or give us a call, 1300 736 736, and be part of the show. Okay, let's get on to the hot topic. Thanks to Repco Authorised Service Centre. You can rely on your local Repco Authorised Service Centre for expert car service. Book online at repcoservice.com. Sports Day SA. Cruise 1323 and 1629 SEN SA. Dan, the Cricket Australia Awards uh, were were held last night yes. and Steve Smith walked away with his fourth Alan Border medal to join Ricky Ponting and Michael Clark as four-time winners. They, it's an incredible achievement uh, to have joined those two. He's every chance to win another one and go outright with five uh, and more. Uh, if he was to win his fifth or his sixth, would he be our best Australian cricketer of all time? Uh, it's a really good question. Um, you'd have to be. He's in the. I think he's in the conversation right now. Yeah. With, with the with the legends of Ponting and Chapel and you Brad, name it and Bradman. Yeah, that guy Bradman. He played <laughs> a bit. Um, special mention to our guy Trav Head. Finished second with 144 votes. About oh, 20 odd votes behind. Yeah. No, Trav's again. He's had a great year. He's he's scored runs. Um, it's probably only because he's battled in the uh, big bash that we. You probably you, you only think about what happened last week, but he's had an outstanding season. He's finished second in the count. Um, so it is a great year for Trav, and he'll continue to build and hopefully take that form into India. Beth Mooney claimed her second Belinda Clark award. She is some sort of cricketer, Beth Mooney. 
yeah, she uh, she just does it every single year. The consistency is there, and there was no surprise when she won that. The Shane Warne Test Player of the Year. I love the fact that they've named this after Warney. Uh, brilliant. Yeah. Kawaja, he, he made 1,020 runs over the voting period, an average of 78. Yeah, and there's an obvious winner there uh, in Uzi Kawaja to take that home. Will be massive for us heading to India. They'll be on the flight either today or tomorrow. Um, massive for those guys and for Uzi to take that form into India where it's going to be challenging conditions. The strikers, Matt Short, won the BBL Player of the Year. Uh, 458 runs at 144 wickets, plus his fielding, plus his bowling. I was going to say, that's the thing. He, he was the leading run scorer of the tournament, uh, which people recognise. But he came in, he bowled the first over for the strikers nearly every single game. And he, he took wickets as well. So he was uh, hands down, when you put everything together with batting, bowling and fielding, the best player in the tournament. Ash Gardner won the WBBL Player of the Year. Our girl Talia McGrath was named T20 Player of the Year International. She scored 463 runs at 58. In 2020 cricket, that is... That's Plus inc- 13 wickets. It's incredible, Bonds. It's, um, it's hard to do to average just a tick under 60. So well done to Talia McGrath. Um, also, Marcus Stoinis, T20 Player um, International. Um, ODI players went to... Dave Warner and Beth Mooney again, and Domestic Players of the Year, Michael Nisa and Annabelle Sutherland. Good to see Nisa get that recognition. It it feels like with Lance Morris and a few others coming into the squad, he sort of dropped off the radar a little bit, but um, he showed it in his big bash form this year. It's a reason why the Brisbane Heat uh, have got to where they have uh, in the top three teams is because of how well Michael Nisa's bowling. And, men's we've got a caller on the line. It's Tom. Thanks for calling uh, the summer edition of Sports Day SA. Tom, what do you want to chat about? That's all right. Uh, back, back Carlton, man. The situation. I know I spoke to Dwayne Russell. I know the cliche here. Yeah, I know you can't always have the ex-champions. They, they're going to close against the champion or other opposites, you know, opposite sides. But what I'm looking at where we can't, I think finally they might be starting to, with all the draft picks of that, start to, you know, take shape and, but the thing is with Stephen, not you know, with um, when he was doing the job there. So some people don't realise when he when they got him down there, when the car was in a mess, going nowhere, he's had a huge job to do, and he he wasn't going to get all the draft picks right. He's a good operator. So about- what I'm saying, yeah, what I'm saying, now where you know he's done all the hard work and all that. Now we finally might start to see the green roots, where they call them. I'm saying, all right, he was good match with Ross Lyon, which the good friends, but no disrespect. I reckon it's too early. And now we're going to have him. And now on top of that, his, his son, Jack, which I, I rate, is turning, son turning a good player. He reminds me a bit like Chad Collins, the YouTube. But anyhow, and that, on top of that, and now he's going to be guiding St. Kilda so they can get. Oh, ahead of Carlton. I don't, I, I, I don't, I don't really like that idea. You know, I'm surprised he's actually did, you know, doing the job. No, I always said that because they're good mates. But I said, nah. Yeah, I think nah, you're right. Yeah, I think, I think you're right, Tom. I think, uh, you know, it's sad that he left Carlton, but um, uh, I think he's going to do a pretty good job at St. Kilda. Isn't, yeah. isn't he, Dan? I think so. I think Tom's right in terms of he did hit on some really good players that have come through the Carlton ranks in the previous years and, it's always hard as a list manager. You're going to miss some without a doubt. But, um, 
Look, I don't think, Tom, I think your concern is that St Kilda will go past Carlton because they'll have the likes of Soss and, and, and Ross uh, at the Saints. But I think Carlton's got the pedigree there. They've got the players there. It's now up to Michael Voss to continue doing what he's doing and building that list and challenging this year, which I think they can do. Men, some magnificent golf on telly last night. Rory McIlroy won the Dubai Desert Classic uh, by one shot. He birded 17 and 18 and made a 15-foot putt on the last. Uh, let's have a listen to Rory. He had so many wonderful memories around this golf course and in Dubai in general. So to to create some more today, it's just, it's really cool. You know, Dubai's been a big part of my my career and my journey. And, you know, to, to get my name on this trophy for a third time today and join Ernie Els is a pretty cool feeling. I knew that I had the chances coming up 10, 13, 17, 18. But, you know, it's tough when you see, you know, the person right in front of you birdie in those holes or eagle in those holes or whatever it is. So felt the pressure of having to answer. And, and for the most part, I did answer. And um, But I always felt like with the, the way the back nine is here, my, my length would give me a little bit of an advantage with the par fives and then with 17, the drivable par fives. Rory McElroy there, and he was talking about the person in front of him, which was Patrick Reed, who he, he doesn't mention his name. No, he doesn't. <laughs> they, there's a bit of tension there, a little bit of beef there, Bonds, uh, between the two of them. And I think as a casual golf fan or a majority of fans out there that follow golf, they would have been barracking hard for Rory as well. So they'd be very happy with that win over Patrick Reed, who does polarise opinions, no doubt. He does. Special mention to Aussie Lucas Herbert, who finished third at 16 under, three shots back. Um, and if you, the size of the trophy, if you haven't seen the size of the trophy, Incredible. Rory couldn't hardly lift it up. And he's a, he's a strong man, Rory. And, uh, it's a massive trophy, but, uh, well done to Rory. Uh, we love you. And, uh, and a bit more cash in his pocket it was a $9 million <laughs> tournament. So, uh, he'll take a big slice of that home. All right. Sign for men's American sport update. Uh, you can stream every NFL game live this season on NFL game pass. Visit NFLGamePass.com. <laughs> Sports Day SA. I get down, but I get On Cruise 1323 and 1629 SEN SA. Now, Mans, you didn't pick your Eagles, but they were excellent. They were excellent. They played in the NFC Championship game. They played at home, Lincoln Financial Field, against the San Francisco 49ers. I was really worried about the defense of the 49ers, I thought they'd rush Jalen Hurts really well and they had a lot of offensive weapons. While the Eagles completely negated that, they took that away. They won 31. Philadelphia Eagles won 31 to San Francisco 49ers 7. It was an absolute rout. Um, everyone who's involved with the Eagles now will take great confidence into the Super Bowl. Look, Brock Purdy, their backup quarterback, uh, he was a third string at the start of the year. He came in, straight away got injured because he got sacked by Hassan Reddick. It was a great tackle. Uh, put him under pressure. They brought in Johnson, who was their backup, and then he got concussed. So then it went to their running back, Christian McCaffrey, was actually going to have to throw the ball. As a result, they basically, they brought Brock Purdy back in and he just handed the ball off. The game was over because the Eagles knew what they were going to do, what they were going to run, and the Eagles were unbelievably good. And Bonds, I am confident with Jalen Hurts, Miles Sanders, and that Eagles defense that in a couple of weeks' time, we're going to be in a great position to win a Super Bowl. They're on a mission. Our second in five years, which should be huge from Howie Roseman and how he's built that list back up to win another Super Bowl. I love the other game. It was a belter as well. Kansas City Chiefs, 23, defeated the Cincinnati Bengals, 20. Yeah, massive. The AFC Championship. This game was a uh, replay from last year's AFC Championship where Cincinnati kicked a field goal the as time expired to beat Kansas City. Well, 
12 months later and the script was completely flipped. Uh, Kansas City got up. It was an incredible game. Uh, Patrick Mahomes going in, had those injury clouds over him with his ankle sprain. Well, he went 29 from 43, 326 yards and two touchdowns. It was an incredible game from Patrick Mahomes to lead Kansas City to the victory. Uh, Travis Kelsey with 78 yards and a touchdown. The, the chemistry those two have is unbelievable. Uh, it's a missed opportunity for Cincinnati who had their chances and they definitely could have beaten Kansas City. But the Chiefs do enough at home to go on to their third Super Bowl in four years. And the Super Bowl is Monday the 13th of Feb here in Australia. It's played in Arizona, Super Bowl 57, and announced also yesterday yes. was at halftime, Rihanna. Yes. The entertainment. Rihanna, halftime entertainment. A lot of people tune in for the halftime entertainment, and they certainly will. So that the game will start at 10 a.m. here in Adelaide uh, in Monday, a couple of weeks' time. Roughly 10 a.m. to about 2 p.m. So if you've got a couple of business meetings, you can schedule in there and <laughs> head down to the pub and meet someone for a business meeting, then that might be the way to do it in a couple of weeks. I can't wait. Kansas City Chiefs versus Philadelphia. I'm going to back in my Eagles bonds. I'm going to go with them. I think we played so well the last fortnight, and I think we're going to be good enough to be able to rush Patrick Mahomes. Who are you going to go for? I'm with you. I'm with the Eagles. I, I said that uh, a little while ago, yeah, but I think, I think they're the best team, and I think they win it. So we'll see, but we're still a week to wait, mate. Yeah, there's plenty of time to build up, which is great. I quite like that they have two weeks before the grand final, yeah. effectively. It builds up to a really good climax and uh, go the Eagles. Coming up on the show, uh, true or false, and later in the show, Sean Tui from The Sample, they released their fixture today, and Harry Boyd, the ruckman from the Nord Footy Club, here on the summer edition of Sports Day SA. A pinnacle of engineering. Kia EV6 GT, the most powerful Kia ever crafted. Right across South Australia, this is Sport. Welcome back to the summer edition of Sports ASA on Cruise 1323 and 1629 SENSA. Paul Bonzer with Dan Menzel tonight. Uh, Menz, we got a text in. Yes, we did. Mario from Maslin's has <laughs> texted in and said, can't wait to hear the legend of the SA Airwaves, Paul Big Dog Bonzer, call the Norwood Eagles bull <laughs> terror and see Menz kick a goal after the siren to win it. Big Dog. I might have added that little last part in, but uh, you will be looking forward to that one, Bonds, no doubt. Um, pictures out. Yes. Uh, we got a tweet in, which is, we don't get many tweets, but... but uh, Fabrizio has tweeted in and wanting to know, is tonight the first sample preview um, of a club? Um, we're doing Nord tonight. No, yes. it's not the first. It's not, Fabrizio. So you can uh, you can listen back to the podcast and yes. uh, get that. I, I've just got it on Apple Podcasts. There's a lot of different things. Wherever you get your podcast, yeah. just search for Sports ASA and they are all there. So you've gone through. We've already gone through Centrals. We've gone through Glenelg. We went through North Adelaide with Aaron yes. Young last week and Norwood tonight with Harry Boyd. And we're going to do one every week until the start of the sample season. One more text. Uh, Ross has texted in. We mentioned about Steve Smith winning the fourth yes. Allen Border medal. Will he be the best? Um, Ross thinks yep. he'll win another medal yep. and be the best. I mean, it's fair. It'd be his, it'd be his fifth medal. Uh, it'd be the most of all time. Probably the only thing that maybe might, people on the other side of the fence might say – Ricky Pontine and Michael Clark as four-time winners potentially had more competition in the team. They were the elite teams that they played in. Like the team's good now, don't get me wrong. But think about who Punter played against or played with, sorry, that was challenging him for the Allen Border medal. 
and there wasn't an Alan Border medal when uh, the Don was going around, yes, or uh, for when Alan Border was going around, for that matter. Yeah, it's a good so, point, actually. I, I wonder how many Sir Donald would have taken home. And Greg, Greg yeah, Chapel might yeah. have won a couple. Yeah, there's a few arguments there, Bonds. It's a great question. Time for true or false. Uh, new year means new gear at Toolkit Depot. Toolkit Depot is your one-stop shop to get back on the tools. Sports Day SA. Cruise 1323 and 1629 SENSA. True or false, and thanks for our texters as well for, for texting in 0427 154 166. That's the text line. Easy one to start for you, men's. Novak is the GOAT. True or false? Well, I'm not sure it is so easy, Bonds. I, I think that I'm really on the fence with this. I think my heart wants to say Roger. Uh, my head a little bit more Novak. Now, look. Rafa at the moment has the most Grand Slams with Novak. However, I don't think it always comes down to the Grand Slams you win. Like, if you think about Roger, Rafa and Novak, which player dominated, absolutely dominated for longer and a greater period of time? The argument has to be that Roger at his very best for those five or six years was unbeatable, unstoppable. I would then have Novak very close to that and Rafa just after it. Now, I think Novak's going to win a couple more Grand Slams. If he does that, then he is the GOAT. But at the moment, I would still have Roger on par with him. Your thoughts? Uh, I think that Roger will be regarded in time. Yep. So let's say 15, 20 years down the track, I think people will look back and say Roger Federer is the best player we've ever seen. That's another great discussion. So let's go to cricket, Bonds. I've got one for you here. Uh, with his recent form, Steve Smith has to open the batting for Australia in T20s moving forward. True, true. Give it a crack. Absolutely. He's too good a player to leave out of the side. Yep. And let him face as many balls as he wants. I think he'll go far better than either Warner or Finch, to be honest. Agreed. All right, true or false? (laughs) Here we go. I believe I'm asking this. Philly will win the Super Bowl. They will (laughs) win the Super Bowl. I think what will happen is we'll see a similar Super Bowl to, if you can cast your mind back to two years ago, when Tom Brady's Tampa Bay Buccaneers played against the Kansas City Chiefs, the Bucks' defense rushed and blitzed Patrick yep. Mahomes. Yep. They made him look second rate. He had no time. I think Philadelphia's defensive line will be able to do that against the Kansas City Chiefs. I think they'll be too strong with too much firepower and Philly will win the Super Bowl. Bonds, the win by the 36ers has given Sixers fans a false hope of making the playoffs this year. Uh, that is 100% true. I think... Um, <laughs> Look, look! I'd love to love to see the Sixers make the playoffs. Uh, they've got to win their last two games. Uh, they had a great win last night against Cairns, and well done to them. And Antonius Cleveland again was brilliant in the last last quarter. Um, no, I think Perth win one of the last two games, and Sixers don't make it. I agree. All right, uh, last one for you, Dan. There should be more than four sample regional games across the season. True or false? That is true. I think it's it's we're heading in the right direction. We've got a game right. in the Riverland, Air Peninsula, the Barossa and the Hills with Loxton, Port Lincoln, Barossa Valley and Murray Bridge this year. I'd love for them to take a game to Kangaroo Island in time. Nice. And York Peninsula as well, whether that's Ardrossan or somewhere else there. Uh, so there's six I've got for you. Mount Gambier? Mount Gambier is another one. Uh, last one, Bonds. Um, with all the Australian stars missing their remaining finals in the BBL, they need to change something next year. Uh, true. They need to shorten the season. They're going to do that, but uh, maybe not next year. We need them. Coming up on the show, we're going to speak to Sean Tui from The Sample, talk about the fixture, and also Harry Boyd, the Jack Odie medalist from the grand final. Wasn't he good in the GF? 
He was elite, and so I'm looking forward to seeing how they can replicate that this year and back it up this, se this season. And men's will give you a bit of a wrap of the Nord Footy Club as well. All coming up on the summer edition of Sports Day SA with Paul Wanzer and Dan Menzel. A pinnacle of engineering, Kia EV6 GT, the most powerful Kia ever crafted. Right across South Australia, this is Sports Day. You're listening to the summer edition of Sports ASA on Cruise 1323 and 1629 SENSA. Paul Bonza and the Ken Farmer medalist Dan Menzel with you today. And Menz, uh, the Sandful schedule was, or fixture, was released today. And our next guest is going to talk all about it. He's uh, brought to us by Tire Power. Big holiday sale is on now. 25% off selected Kumo passenger and SUV tyres. Sports Day SA. Cruise 1323 and 1629 SENSA. The head of football operations, Sean Tui, welcome to this summer edition of Sports ASA. Cheers, thanks for having me. So is the pressure off now? You've got the fixture out. Uh, you're, the, you're the main man. You do it all. And uh, so do you feel a little bit of relief when you finally get to release the, the, the fixture? Oh, it's fair to, fair to say there's a bit of weight off the shoulders when we when we get the fixture out, but uh, we've got a, a really good team in here. We've done a lot of a lot of work and heavy lifting to uh, get this right, and um, there's a lot of detail in there, and obviously working in all the other competitions around our men's and women's league. So uh, we're really happy with where it's landed. So, Shawnee, the challenge with actually releasing the fixture, it's obviously the end of January. The AFL comp comes out at the end of November. Um, Pulling the trigger, do you guys want to wait a bit longer and hold on to it before really knowing all the details? I guess, why the delay? Yeah, well, this is actually the earliest we've had it out since before COVID, believe it or not. But I suppose we, we, we really do have to work around the AFL fixturing and, and what happens at Adelaide Oval in Adelaide. And, you know, we want to maximise crowd attendances. We want supporters to be able to go to AFL games and sample games within reason as much as possible. Um, we also have broadcast commitments around the AFL games also. So, you know, the AFL fixture comes out December 10. We go to work uh, putting together a draft and effectively had a week and a half before Christmas to do that and get that to clubs to to assess and consider and they provide feedback, which happened, you know, uh, week one when we come back in mid-January. And then effectively we had another week and a half to finalise that, you know, that fixture, the reserves, the rest of the women's and also the 16s and 18s because you really got to work around every oval and what's available outside of, you know, the men's fixture. So, yeah, there's a lot of detail to it. And then there's a level of governance, final tick-off from the club. There's a level of governance uh, for tick-off from commission here at the Sample House also. So we've got to call a meeting and get that approval. And then our, it goes over to our marketing and communications team around I suppose, the release plan, you know, with some, some teasers of round one and the regional games and leading to today where we released the full fixture. Sean, the uh, men's comp kicks off on Friday the 31st of March at Norwood, uh, taking on the Eagles at Cooper's Stadium. Uh, great way to start the season with the Premiers playing the Eagles. A decision, was that an easy decision to uh, let Norwood have the season opener? Well, the way it worked out, it was originally going to be at Woodville, uh, because we were committed with the following two weeks at Norwood, but due, due to some building works ongoing at, 
at Oval Avenue, we we flipped it to to Cooper Stadium, so we get to see the last two premiership teams battle it out to open the season. So, you know, the way it's worked out is fantastic. Uh, both clubs will be raring to go, I'm sure, as the man next year can attest to. And uh, we're looking forward to, to a massive uh, opening game of the season. Yeah, look, Shawnee, great work. I'm pretty wrapped with the Friday night matchup to start the season against Nord at Cooper Stadium, as you mentioned. The other games in round one, South Adelaide takes on Centrals at home, Sturter at home to Glenelg, North Adelaide to West Adelaide, and Port Adelaide in the showdown against the Adelaide Crows before the AFL showdown. I'm guessing that was a pretty easy decision to schedule that one. Yeah, it's something we've done over the last couple of years, and the, and the AFL clubs both obviously appreciate the opportunity to to play a game and align with their AFL teams at Adelaide Oval with the sample showdown, the AFL showdown. So that's a bit of a no-brainer. Um, Stuart Glenelg is, is potentially a massive fixture at Wigan Oval. Um, community footy won't have started yet. There's, uh, the AFL footy's not on till later that night. So, you know, we'd hope for a really big crowd and hopefully some favourable weather. And then uh, South and Central uh, have both been really active in the recruiting front over the, over the summer. So it'll be really interesting to see how that pans out. So, yeah, so great round one and um, can't wait to, to kick it off to that first weekend of April. Now, the other one that caught my eye really early in the piece is the round three weekend, which is the Anzac weekend. So Central's takes on Adelaide on the Saturday, a standalone game. You've got on the Sunday, Sturt taking on Port and West Adelaide versus South. On the Monday, it's Glenelg versus Eagles at 7.40 at night. And Tuesday is the Anzac Day game between Norwood and North Adelaide at Cooper Stadium. That's a pretty uh, jam-packed and uh, really nice-looking fixture for the Anzac weekend. Yeah, I think with the public holiday on the Tuesday and we've got our traditional uh, grand final rematch on Anzac Day, as, as you would have played in, in last year, um, that sort of presented an opportunity to spread the round out over the weekend. Um, I suppose with you guys and Glenelg playing on the Monday night, that would just present an opportunity um, to flip those teams to play against Norwood and North the following week and just give some, I suppose, some um, evenness to the to the day's break for the, for the following week. Um, but, you know, to play that game down at the Bay under lights, uh, Anzac Day Eve is a, is a massive opportunity uh, early in the season again when hopefully the weather's favourable. So, uh, yeah, really happy with that, that weekend, how it panned out uh, with the, the spread of games. Uh, Sean, you do a lot of things right as far as scheduling goes, and I think taking some games into regional areas uh, is fantastic for the competition. And this year you have announced uh, yesterday that Neil Curley will be honoured with a game in Murray Bridge. Uh, but you also you got West Adelaide playing Port and Loxton for Russell Ebert's tribute, which was last year. I was out there last year. It was a great game. Um, Nord going to Port Lincoln again. Central's playing in the Barossa. Um, has that been a focus? And, and are you looking to expand that as the years go? Yeah, it's something that we do strongly encourage our clubs to get on board with and engage the local communities. Now, credit to West Adelaide who have really driven those two regional games that they're involved in, the tribute matches for Russell Ebert and Neil Curley and the support of Adelaide and Port Adelaide respectively in those. Um, we've obviously got this year the country championships are in uh, for community footy are in uh, the Brossa Valley, so Centrals will play home games at the Crows up there, which is the, the one that we really drive as a league. And then, um, yeah, Norwood instigated the Port Lincoln game last year in their country zone, which is a massive logistical effort. And, uh, you know, they're going to take Westies over there again. So I know, you know, having spoken to the Eagles, they're keen to get out into their zone as well as uh, um, Central's to continue that with their, their sort of new zone structure. 
Glenalga looking at southeast options in the future. It is a big logistical exercise for clubs to do and engage with the local community. There is some investment required, but yeah, it's definitely something that the clubs, uh, which I commend them for, are looking to do more and more, and we're supporting. Now, Shawnee, the state game is in their lodge between round seven, uh, round six and round seven. So it's the 20th of May. Question for you here. Last year we played in WA. It was a curtain raiser to the West Coast Eagles and Melbourne game. Is it going to be a standalone game at Adelaide Oval on the Saturday night, potentially? Uh, it's up in the air at the moment, Dan, because uh, we're working with uh, Port Adelaide and Adelaide Oval to see if we can get it on Adelaide Oval as a curtain raiser, but there is a bit on that weekend. It's a Doug Nichols round in the AFL. So that would be Port a Friday Adelaide. night as well? That would that would be Friday night, afternoon slash night, yeah. So if that was to occur, we're still, still to confirm it, so... We'll look to lock that away in the next couple of weeks and hopefully we can confirm that. But uh, yeah, if not, um, it could be Adelaide Oval on the Saturday. It could be out at a sample venue on the Saturday. Uh, we've got to lock, lock that in. But our preference would be on the Friday at Adelaide Oval. Yeah, good. That sounds great. That'd be a perfect fixture. I'm sure you'd like that, mate. I'll try and put my hand up for that one if I can. Um, the other one I'm really happy about, Shawnee, I look at this every single year and think, how do they work out who gets this game? And you've given it to the Eagles this year, Bonds. I'm not sure if you're aware of this one, but the King's birthday weekend, round nine, Saturday, 10th of June, the Eagles take on Adelaide at the Adelaide Oval. So that, I believe, is a curtain raiser as well. The Eagles are the lucky team to be able to play at Adelaide Oval against the Crows. How did that come about? Yeah, it's something the Crows engaged with your club to try and achieve, and there is a bit of luck involved. You know, we, we tried to work with South Adelaide to get it last year. They worked with the Crows to try and get one. We couldn't make it happen, but we've managed to make that happen this year a bit earlier in the season, I think, um, around uh, before your game. So that's good for South. And then you you guys get the opportunity uh, to play a curtain raiser uh, on the King's birthday weekend and play early in the weekend. It's a great opportunity for our players to get out on Adelaide Oval. We play our finals there later in the year. Uh, it's a really good experience, especially for the younger boys. I know you, you're pretty uh, familiar with those surrounds, mate, but um, some of the younger players probably haven't been out there so much. So it's, it's a great opportunity for them to get out in front of a bit of a crowd on you know, what is the, the best oval in the country. Yeah, Godsy obviously still a bit of an Eagles man uh, helping you <laughs> getting that across the line. We're speaking with Sean Tui from The Sample. The draw was released today. Sean, I wanted to ask you about uh, the requests from clubs. How many requests do the clubs put in to you in regards to the draw? Oh, look, it varies club to club, Paul. Uh, you know, some some get quite micro in their requests, but probably prioritise two or three main requests and then really just provide the others for info. So, they you know, they don't go to war with us over them, but they just sort of give some preferences. And we, we try to satisfy the clubs as much as we can. We've got our own commitments that we want to satisfy and our own traditions. And when you consider, you know, grand final rematches, um, you know, King's birthday commitments on Monday, you know, South and Glenelg traditionally host. So... Uh, we try to satisfy those traditions and, and meet the club's needs as much as possible, but sometimes things just don't work out with um, the clashes of who's playing who and um, you know, clubs making similar requests to other clubs about who they want to play and when they want to play. So, yeah, all in all, I think we, we managed to get the majority of the requests, the flexibility of our clubs um, in working through with us through the fixture is amazing. You know, there was... No animosity whatsoever. It's all working together and making sure that we get the best outcome for the competition whilst making sure the clubs can leverage every opportunity they can and uh, everyone was pretty happy with the outcome. 
Now, Shawnee, before we let you go, the AFL from round 16 onwards has a 2B confirmed with their draw. The sample, the same, the, it's the July weekend. When can we expect from around 11 onwards the draw to be, I guess, basically uh, put out in full so we know the matchups for the remainder of the season? Yeah, the early indications from the AFL is that that'll be about six to eight weeks in advance. So we'd be hoping in the early rounds of our season, maybe early May, we'd know what the remainder of our fixture looks like. So all going to plan, men, uh, we can we can sort of, you know, round five or so, have, have almost have the rest of our fixture squared away. Everyone knows where, where they're playing and plan the year around it and then look forward to finals in uh, in September. Sean, congratulations. I know it's a tough job, uh, but you've come out with flying colours and uh, the draw out means that the season's only just around the corner. Appreciate you joining us on the summer edition of Sports Day SA. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you having me. Thanks, Shawnee. Sean Tui from The Sample. And, uh, yeah, you just spotted that AFL game. Oh, sorry, the Adelaide Oval game there, the Eagles. We can't just waiting to get out there and... Kick some goals. Well, eh? the other thing, Bond's on that, is yes. the Sturt played against Adelaide there last year, and when they played that game, Adelaide Oval, it was, it was flooding across the state that round. Uh, the Oval was in great nick at Adelaide Oval. Abe Davis kicked six. I remember thinking, geez, yes. it'd be nice to play as a forward there. I think our game had about seven goals in total in it. So you look at those mid-year and go, geez, it'd be nice to play at Adelaide Oval rather than one of these suburban grounds that aren't quite in as good a nick, and we're pretty lucky to get that game this year. Men's, our next guest is brought to us by the Kia EV6 GT, a pinnacle of engineering and the most powerful Kia ever crafted. From the sample premieres, it is Harry Boyd. Harry, you got some beeping going on there in your car. How are you going? Welcome to uh, the summer edition of Sports Day SA. Thanks, guys. Sorry, I was just fishing the uh, park there, so all good. <laughs> what are you you're training? You're heading to training, are you? Just arrived. So, yeah, just finished uh, a bit of work with a bit of footy coaching and uh, just pulled in. Ah, good, good. All right, Boyd, let's jump into it. Um, the reigning premiers from last year, what a way to finish, finish the season. Um just a little recollection of how the grand final played out in your eyes. Oh, it's just a pretty, pretty good day looking back on it. Obviously, didn't start the way we really wanted to. We were really challenged in the first quarter and um, kind of it was a bit of tricky conditions. And then I think in the second and third quarters, we felt like we were actually playing our way, but the scoreboard didn't reflect that. And especially when they kicked two goals from a, a free kick straight after one. Um, was I guess a few concerns when Aaron Young put that ball through early in the last quarter. It was uh, looking uh, really bad, but then uh, yeah, a few minutes later in front, and um, yeah, it's an amazing week and a few months I guess after that. So just on that, with with seven minutes to go, you were down by virtually three goals. How did that feel out there on the ground? Did you feel like you were very much up against it? Yeah, I reckon I had probably about five to ten seconds of uh, feeling sorry for myself. I remember thinking something along the lines of, gee, it's a, a lot of hard work to come second. Um, but then I guess straight after that, someone gives you a pat on the back and goes, time to go again. And uh, fortunately, we, we kicked one. I think Josh Richards kicked the first of those three. And uh, once Ben Jarvis put that ball through and it's under a goal again, you just think it's anyone's game. And, um, yeah, and then obviously Matthew Panos steps up. Tell us about the Matthew Panos goal from your angle. Uh, where were you when he kicked it? And uh, could you tell off the boot that it was going through? Uh, look, I was fortunate enough to at the uh, the stoppage. So I've got a lot of 
probably uh, over the top praise for my hit out. I just tried to hit it in the most dangerous area, and uh, I'll claim it though. But um, and then uh, look, uh, Noss has done the rest where he's taken a slight deflection and um, of someone he's picked it up and. I think, to be honest, I didn't really have much time to think about if it's going through or not. Everyone started screaming and, um, yeah, it was just chaos. Chaos it was, an incredible, incredible win there. And rightfully so, you got the uh, recognition, Harry. You were the Jack Odie medalist, the best player on the day. An incredible season for you. I just want to touch on um, your, I guess, development. You came through the Werribee ranks in the VFL and then to Norwood. Could you have imagined you've got to this level so quickly? Yeah, no, look, it was definitely probably a shock to myself. I was was pleased the way I was tracking towards the end of 2021 and then I just kind of felt I got got stronger and more confident throughout the preseason and kind of being 24 throughout 2022 I felt I was coming into my body a lot more and um, yeah I was pleased with the way I started the season and then um, yeah confidence grew and yeah it was really pleasing um, in my um, own performance and I think um, it helped the side so Look, I couldn't quite see it happening, to be honest, but uh, I think it was a lot of hard work that's kind of uh, come to fruition. What influence has Twig Rawlings had on your personal game? He's a a massive influence, not just on my game, but as a person. Um, I moved over here after spending 12 months in COVID and um, football got me here, but I didn't didn't know how big football was in my life at the time and wasn't sure what that looked like in the future, but he instilled really a lot of confidence early days and... um, yeah, that confidence uh, was able to grow and I guess our relationship off the field was also something that, that flourished and, um, yeah, it's, it's pretty good to be co- able to call him a premiership coach. So, Harry, moving on into 2023, easy one for you. How do you go back-to-back? Um, it's it's funny. He was pretty early. Like, I think, you know, Twig pretty well. He, he doesn't kind of uh, rest on his mo- laurels much so Grouch whacked us between the eyes pretty early and said boys move on it's time to move on um, and get back to training so it's not really a thought of going back to back it's just winning it this year um, you don't kind of think about last year too much so it's really uh, improving on our game style a lot of people will, like externally external from the club will look at how we play and try to beat it so it's about getting better at what we do. What about some challenges in the sample? Um, who's who's the guy you like to ruck against or you find the biggest challenge? Um, really enjoy rucking against Brooksby. I think he's got a lot of tricks um, to him and just a real competitor. And I definitely walk off the field knowing that I've, I've played four quarters of footy and I play against him. Um, he's a big one that stands out. Um, the AFL-listed players um, always pose a big challenge, often over 200 centimetres and, and long and obviously pushing to play that next level. Um, Charvey's a, a huge competitor. Um, and I guess Connor Ballin is another one that I guess plays a lot as a key forward, but is a, a, a very good athlete. So um, there's plenty across the uh, competition. There certainly is, and Ballas will love that shout-out there from you, <laughs> Boydie. Um, now, I want to ask you about a couple of the players coming to the club in 2023. Jackson Callow returns, and Matt Ling from uh, the Sydney Swans and Geelong VFL. I play a little bit of footy with Lingy. How have they gone so far? Yeah, they're both really exciting. Um, Jackson Keller's come off a little bit of surgery, so he's, he's coming back into the main group. But we had six months of him as a 18-year-old playing Sandville football, and he, um, he really impressed then. So he's, he's matured at Hawthorne, and we're really, really excited to have him back. And he poses 
a lot of problems for, for defences. And Matt Ling's a, another bloke that was a high draft pick and it just didn't quite work out from there. But um, very professional, very um, determined young man and um, elite by foot and is a, a pretty fierce competitor around the contest as well. So another bloke that I expect to, to come into our side and, and make us better really quickly. What do you do away from footy? Um, I'm studying a, a Bachelor of Physiotherapy. So I uh, actually went back and started that at the age of uh, 24, which is a, a bit daunting as a mature age student, but had done a science degree prior to that. And I, I do a bit of football coaching and um, kind of PT work at the club with a lot of our junior players. So got a good mix of footy and, and the physio is exciting in the future. Now, Boydie, you played state footy last year in the ruck for South Australia. How was that experience, uh, being able to play with some really good calibre guys around you against WA? Yeah, it was really exciting. Like, I remember just rocking up to my first training and kind of being the uh, one of the new kids on the block. It was pretty nice and someone just knew my, knew my name, to be, to be honest, <laughs> firstly. And then um, playing the game was fantastic. We, we had a great time over there, as you, as you know, and... Um, the game itself was quick. It was bloody quick. And um, my opponent was one of the biggest men I've ever seen in my whole life. So um, it was a, a good challenge and uh, to win made it even more special. It was a big man. Now, Boydie, before we let you go, I just want to fire some rapid fire questions at you to finish. So whatever comes to mind yep. straight away. So let's start with who is the player for Norwood fans to watch out for in 2023? So Matthew Ling. Oh, like it. Who is the benchmark team in the competition outside of Norwood? I'd say North Adelaide. Who will win the McGarry medal in 2023? Uh, my good mate, Nick Roker. Yes. Uh, another player from... A player from another team that you enjoy watching? Um, Zane Williams. Oh, okay. Nice. Yes. Shout out, Zane. And last one, your favourite ground to play at away from Cooper Stadium? Um, Put him on the spot, tough yeah. one. I enjoy, I enjoy playing um, at West Adelaide. It's a nice ground in terms of dimensions. Yes, I quite like that, actually, too. West Adelaide, high sense there, Bonza. It's nice. a nice ground. Yeah, good surface. Really good yeah. surface. All right, Harry, thanks for joining us. Really appreciate it. Uh, have a fantastic year, and hopefully we can catch up with you during the season as well. Thanks, Harry. Thanks, Bond. Thanks, men. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks, Boydie. There is the uh, Jack Oney medalist from the Nord Footy Club. He had an amazing year. He was clearly the best ruckman in the comp for mine. Incredible year and uh, an incredible finish to the competition. Him and Strawn had some great matchups yes. in that final series, and... And then, obviously, he had 70 hit-outs, I think it was, on grand final day and won the Jack Odie medal. So they're going to be hard to beat again this year, Norwood. Uh, a couple of the players that they brought in in 2023 we touched on with Harry was Matt Ling from Sydney and Geelong and Jackson Callow, who, before he got drafted to Hawthorne, uh, was dominating the competition up he was. in the forward line. So be interesting to see how he goes. Uh, a big out, a big loss is Jay Rantel has returned to Melbourne. He... he had some massive games from last year. He had 35 against us one in one game, and he'll be a loss for them. So that's their main uh, additions and, and their main loss there, Bonds. What about their strengths? Yeah, the strengths of Norwood, uh, look, it, it has to be their team defence and contribution of, uh, across the park. I think that they take away the opposition's best uh, players quite well or as well as any team in the competition and Twig's a team defence man, and, and they did that really well last year. Their weakness? 
I think it's their lack of scoring in games that they lost last year is where they struggled. Now, Callow coming back will be good. I think Tahini will have another preseason. Jarvis is a good footballer. They've got a better forward line this year. But I think in games that they lost last year, they did struggle to score. Their MVP? Uh, we just spoke with him. Harry Boyd, enough said. Their, their number one ruck who dominated the competition, he was huge for them last year. To have another good year, who needs to perform for Norwood? Yeah, look, I think it's their engine room. I think it's the c- contribution of all of their midfielders. That they've got a really good balance at both ends with their d- defence, with Campbell back there. They've got Jack Hurd, the number of players. And then we talked about their forward line. If the midfield can match the year and the season that they had last year, then I think they'll be in a really good position to finish high on the ladder. And so, Bonds, I'm going to ask you that. Where do you see them finishing? Norwood uh, Football Club in 2023. Clearly a top four, probably top two. I, I think they are the ones to chase. Uh, rightfully so. The yep. reigning premiers. Yep. And I, the, the players I've added, Callow, I think, is going to make a massive difference up forward for them. Yep. Uh, but, uh, yeah, as you said, Rantel, it's going to, they're going to miss him. But it sounds like uh, this Link kid, he can play. Yeah, he can. He definitely can. All right, that's, uh, we're just about done again. Men's, the show flies. Yeah, great show. Some good guests on tonight with Boydie and some sample flavour, which was great. Sample Tuesday. Uh, who, who are you talking to next Tuesday? Do we know yet? Yes, we do. We're going to have Sam Skinner on from the South Adelaide Footy Club. All right, thanks for listening, everyone. It's been the summer edition of Sports ASA. The pinnacle of engineering, Kia EV6 GT, the most powerful Kia ever crafted. Right across South Australia, this is Sports Day.